One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Before we start today's episode, we wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that a member of Izzy's family was so kind to reach out to us and clear up some of the information shared in this episode. This information was fed to the media by Kelly Stapleton, the perpetrator of these crimes, in the lead-up to her trial, and don't accurately describe the support offered to both Kelly and Izzy during that time. Today, Izzy is deeply loved and cared for by her family and is doing well. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm going to have to excuse the melodic, oh, that was a good one, melodic pug snores on my lap because Edie is getting a special mommy night tonight because my pug hasn't gotten enough attention this week. And I'm a weird person who applies human um, emotion to dogs. So yeah, I think we all do. I know, especially little Edie. So... Please extor- excuse this pug snores, and also please excuse the... <laughs> it's just going to get louder and louder. <laughs> you just gave her permission. <laughs> I know. I'm patting her, too, so she's purring. Uh, also, please excuse the pounding rain on my roof. I'm I'm glad it's Sadie's night to tell the story, because I can mute myself, because otherwise <laughs> it'd be a full-blown disaster. <laughs> The good news is we have a special story tonight because it was written by our dear friend and frequent editor slash collaborator, Megan Glenn. So fucking thank you, Megan. She's one of the smartest, funniest, best people we know. And we're so happy to integrate her into the podcast. And it also could not have come at a better time because this week was bowl hockey. Um, With a capital B. (laughs) With a capital hockey. And... Had were it not for Megan, um, I'd be dead right now, and the podcast would be canceled, and I would have probably um, found some way to ruin Sadie's life, too. <laughs> My life's already ruined. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Megan. Yeah, and thank you, thanks. I cannot wait to hear what she came up with. This is the attempted murder-suicide of Izzy and Kelly Stapleton. Holy shit. Matt and Kelly Stapleton met in the early 90s while attending Kalamazoo College. Kelly graduated in 1995, and the two were married a year later. Both grew up in large families and had dreams of making one of their own, at one time planning to have six children. But in 2000, the couple decided to stop after having a son and two daughters when their middle child, Isabel, who goes by Izzy, was diagnosed with autism when she was only 18 months old. Mm. However, this change in plans did not at first stop the Stapletons from achieving their small-town, family-centered dream life in Alberta, Michigan. Kelly was content raising the children while Matt worked as the principal, head athletic director, and football coach at the high school in nearby city of Frankfurt, where the front pages of the local newspapers were dominated by high school football scores. Family friend Lisa Stevie says, quote, They were the king and queen of Frankfurt. When Matt walked into a party or in a parade, it was like the mayor had entered. Mm-hmm. I know the type. Mm-hmm. Kelly was all too happy to fall into the, quote, Mrs. Coach role, attending all the field trips, 
leading fundraising efforts and, as some put it, quote, being ostentatiously maternal. The proud wife and mom brought Izzy to every football game and event and had requested that her elementary school assign older kids to help Izzy with lunches and recess, a job Kelly described as a, quote, position of honor. Mm-hmm. Quote, people love her or they hate her, Matt would say of his wife. Around age two, following Izzy's autism diagnosis, Kelly began her attempt to, quote, fix her daughter. She had come across a book titled, Let Me Hear Your Voice, A Family's Triumph Over Autism, that told the story of a seemingly bright and happy baby girl who began losing speech and social skills. This is commonly referred to as regressive autism before the age of two. So, uh... Did you say she set out to fix her daughter? Yes. Like, fix her autism? Yep. Holy shit. Yep. It's going to be pretty upsetting, you know. Yeah, that's uh, already very upsetting. That's Mm -hmm. all I really need to hear. Yep. Turns out the whole story, both sides, it's one of those that nobody wins, everybody loses. It's really upsetting. Um, Oh, yeah. So she was reading this book. This little girl had lost a lot of her abilities before the age of two mm-hmm. and this was parallel to Izzy's experience the book claims that through the use of an intense therapy called applied behavior analysis or ABA the young girl was quote rescued for the torments of autism Mm-mm. applied behavior analysis is the psychological science of reinforcing behavior and when applied in practice to autistic children has specific goals of teaching actions considered appropriate quote, for the sake of others' comfort. Mm -hmm. Examples include making eye contact, smiling, touching the nose, using phrases that are pleasing rather than expressive, all of which can feel pointless, be distracting, or even painful to a child with autism. Yeah, don't do it. Fuck that. Fuck it so hard. The foundation of ABA is that if you can make a child respond, quote, normally to everyday cues, quote, their brain will eventually change until it works the way you want. I'm so mad right now. So I think that um, I, I did look into more of the history of ABA and what is it now for children with autism. And I think with like, you know, a lot of therapies, it really depends on the therapist. Mm-hmm. on their background, on their education. Uh, ABA can be really helpful for things like violent behaviors. It can be helpful for look, teaching children how to dress themselves or um, right. stay out of traffic. or you know. So for big things that are important to keep the child safe um, yeah. or to make their life, their life easier for themselves, yes. it can be super helpful. Yeah. But the idea that you need to fix the autistic child and make so that you will feel more comfortable is obviously super duper problematic. Yes. Right. Um, so I think that I don't want to just say the ABA in gen, like all around is terrible and awful because I don't think it is. And it sounds right. like it's really helped uh, families and autistic mm-hmm. people. There, there was quite a few uh, blogs and comments and things that I read from people with autism that have said that this therapy really improved their lives. Well, and I mean, ultimately we're all taught the things that we're taught to make other people comfortable. Right. Right. You know, it's like you behave because other people don't like it when you don't behave. Right. So, you know, I get it and I can see how, you know, we all want to be better. We want to fit into society. We want people to like us. And so it's helpful to learn behaviors that help us do that. But as long as it's not causing us like psychological. Exactly. Exactly. If it's fundamental to who you are and you're being forced to hold it in and change it. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, being gay, just anything else. Exactly. You can't force somebody to just not be who they are completely because Mm -hmm. it makes you uncomfortable. That. And it definitely sounds like this, that I could definitely see how it would go down that path in a very dark and fucking devastating way. So right. please tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think at this point in the relationship, Izzy was, she had autism, but wasn't, you know, harming herself or doing anything right. like cr- super crazy or destructive uh, right. that would need to be fixed. I'm Just, using quotes. Right. Yeah. 
Besides the fact that such intense obedience training can hinder a child's ability to think for themselves, quote, ABA has been highly criticized by the autistic community and their families for how it is to turn into abuse as it focuses very much on complete obedience and more often than not ignores the subject's feelings, anything between discomfort to panic. At the time Kelly began researching ABA, there was little proof available that the therapy was effective. The main resource was a study done by the man who developed it, which is super problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he claimed that of 19 preschool-aged children subjected to ABA, nine made rather notable progress. <laughs> so his, what's that called? The, the number of... Subjects. Kids. Yes, the number of subjects. His pool, we'll say. I know that's uh-huh. not the exact right word that I'm looking for. It was 19. 19. Yeah, not even published half. that. Publish it. Mm-hmm. Give the guy a prize. Nobel Prize. Yep. Follow it to the to like the golden damn rule. Yep. And that was all it took to convince Kelly that not only was this the right path for her daughter, she was working against a deadline of three years. Uh, if ABA. How old is the kid again? How old two. is he? She's two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If ABA was to be successful, it usually happened before the age of five. Kelly thought it best to send her other two children, McEwen and Ainsley, to daycare or to the homes of relatives so that the entire day could be devoted to teaching Izzy, rewarding her with prizes for a nose touch or fulfilling a request in exchange for eye contact. Mm -hmm. Because she'd often have to repeat herself over and over again, Kelly would find herself pleading with Izzy by the end of the day, quote, Dear God, touch your nose. Your whole future depends on this. Oh my God. Kelly herself admitted that her relationship with her middle child began to feel robotic and unnatural. Quote, ABA can be disorienting for parents because it's entirely mechanistic, not psychological or emotional. But still, she couldn't let go of the hope that the therapy would take. She even stayed up late the night before Izzy's fifth birthday, determined that she still had one day left to, quote, wake up to a miracle. What? Yeah. Oh, no. That's so weird and arbitrary. So sad. I know. Oh, my God. The level of stress and anxiety that that had to induce in both of them? Yes. Yep. And just because she wanted her to make eye contact. Like, who the fuck cares? Let it go. I know. You know, as I found myself, and I think as we go into the story more, you're going to have a lot more sympathy for Kelly, for the mom. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't help but stop and think a lot about my own urges as a mother mm-hmm. and how it's nearly impossible, I think, for all of us to get out of this, like, what are other people going to think and how are they going to totally. fit in and yep. what's it going to mean and if they're not this or if they look like that. or I mean, there's mm-hmm. just so much pressure. And she had this expectation of this perfect family and she's Mrs. Coach and, you know, so it's just like this. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay by any means, but it's just, I, I can see where that would start, you know. Oh, for sure. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, I totally understand where it comes from. And that's. And it's total bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think like very broadly we can say. That's fucked. It's fucked that we yes. put that pressure on each other. It's right. It's insane. Well, definitely a good check-in for me to stop caring. You know, let my children be who they are and, like, foster yep. that and yep. yeah, not care what other people think so much. I, Sadie's oldest ha- has been styling his hair in, like, kind of this sort of sticky-uppy fashion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I really hope that makes it out into the world because... I just want him to rock the fucking weird hairstyle, you know? Just, oh, he loves it. Today, even, he, he goes in the bathroom and he styles his hair. And today, Courtney, it was like, it was like part of it was straight down. Like, he gets, he has this little, like, pomade sample oh that we God. let him have. And it's oh sticking God. straight down. The rest of it's sticking straight up. And he was so excited to show his Zoom classmates. Oh my god. Yeah, and he just went to his first baseball little t-ball practice tonight and oh he was disappointed god. that the hair wasn't sticking like it was this morning. 
Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love him so much. He's I such know. a little renegade. Just keep it up, dude. I know. I hope keep he it can. I know. I know. Me too. I know. I hope the world doesn't smush it in him. I don't think so, man. He's Leo Aries Aries. He is yeah, full he fire. So far, he doesn't give any fucks. No, the world is not prepared for... <laughs> <laughs> So it should be noted that years after Kelly was practicing ABA with Izzy, quote, independent research groups have verified that the therapy does in fact reliably abate autism symptoms in a small subset of children, although it's impossible to tell which child will respond from the outset. Sure, yeah. Though Izzy showed some improvement in communication and learning skills, ABA was not the miracle Kelly had wished for. As Izzy approached middle school, she began to act out through acts of aggression. Let me be clear that aggression and violence are not symptoms of autism. Right. But because an autistic child generally has trouble communicating their needs, the two can show up together out of frustration. Especially when they've been subjected to three years of mental torture. Well, and this is even more. Yeah, so this is she's now getting into middle school. And they have been doing ABA her whole life, you know, since oh she was two. God, she's a time bomb. Mm-hmm. If a child is prone to aggression, he or she might become hard to control around puberty. The kids are bigger, and when they're enraged, seem to have a superhuman, adrenaline-fueled strength. Mm-hmm. At age 11, Izzy attacked her mother in the car. Kelly was forced to pull off the road and called Matt for help. While they waited for him to arrive on the scene, Kelly was knocked unconscious by her daughter and had to be taken to the emergency room. Wow. Kelly and Matt described the next three years as focused on, quote, avoiding an ass whooping from their middle daughter. Wow. Quote, her pupils became dilated, her skin gets clammy, and Elvis has left the building. Mm-hmm. Think of the scariest movie you know of, like a demon possession, the intense rage embodied in a sweet little girl. Mm-hmm. You and I know what that exactly what that looks and feels like. Yep, yep. I've thought about that a lot too. You know, working in the group home and yep. had some really violent one in particular, really violent child who became hit puberty and got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it was terrifying. And I had oh, well, he I was like, just the sweetest, like the sweetest, yummiest kid. Mm-hmm. And the f- switch would flip, and he was gone. Like. Yep gone gone it was terrifying yes. and he had superhuman strength he would throw the fridge mm-hmm. the refrigerator you guys mm-hmm. like it would be you know he, it was terrifying yeah yeah I remember my... feeling stuck in an abusive relationship and I, I only had to do shifts my job was to just go there for eight hours right and hope I didn't get the shit beat out of me yeah and I got to go home you yeah. know to to have that fear Constantly as a mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. with your child that you love. Mm-hmm. But also, guess what? Don't mentally torture your child, mm-hmm. and your child might not develop uh, rage. Yeah, I couldn't. I also rage. tried to find, I looked in to see if there's a correlation, like could ABA cause aggression? And I couldn't find anything that, I don't know if that's been looked at, but I wonder, you know, like. I'm sure that it, pen, it builds up some regret, like frustration yes. for sure. Um, but well, I just was curious. When you approach it like that, if you use behavioral, you know, you, you and I did that in, mm-hmm. in the group home, like trying but, to redirect bait behavior or model good behavior, you know, and done in a way that's patient and appropriate. It, it's lovely. You know, you mm-hmm. gain trust and, it works, but if you are intensely in a child's face for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, demanding this thing of them, mm-hmm. it, they're gonna they're going to be so have so much rage and so much aggression. And then if they're, you know, not neurotypical children and don't have the skills to express that, or you know, which is part of the problem, it's just this like horrible vacuum of awfulness, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that might not necessarily be the therapy in itself, but if you approach a therapy like that with anybody, they're going to snap. snap. Yeah, yes. So in September 2012, September 3rd to be exact, Kelly started the blog called The Status Woe, mm. which is still available to access. 
in person, she would downplay to friends and family her battle wounds from Izzy's violent acts. But online, she found not only an outlet to express her uncensored feelings of desperation and hopelessness that might otherwise be considered taboo, but also a sympathetic audience. Mm-hmm. The blog acquired over 4,000 followers. Many wow. were parents with autistic children of their own. In her second entry titled Going to the Dead Bangers Ball, Kelly begins the post with, quote, I have yet to meet anyone who is as excited about dying as I am. What? She follows with, let me just say that I am not suicidal. That is something completely different, and I don't want to freak anyone out. The post then goes on to talk about how she cannot die because she has to make sure her, quote, daughter that is significantly disabled with autism is first prepared for life without her. And in order to do that, Kelly estimated that it would require about $5 million. She even jokingly lists the things she could do to raise such funds. Internet porn, a Ponzi scheme, a reality show. The post is concluded with a dark final thought. Quote, So the irony is, I want to die. I'll never be able to earn enough to die. What the fuck? No. I'm finding it very hard to be sympathetic to her. Just <laughs> you can be team sympathy. I'm yeah. not there yet. In November, Kelly posted an entry titled Domestic Abuse and Why I Choose to Live with My Abuser. This is the exact post in its entirety. Quote, I'm smart enough to know that I'm a victim of domestic abuse. I also, I'm also smart enough to know that I can leave at any moment. So why do I stay? Love. Isn't that always the answer? I've been bruised from head to toe, knocked unconscious, suffered injuries that were visible and others that weren't. I've had to make decisions about going out in public because how my face looked and what to wear to best cover my bruises and contusions. I've had a bank close my account because my signature never matched my signature card, but it doesn't if your fingers are broken, strained, and sprained. I don't like to be hit. It hurts me physically and it hurts my feelings. I know my abuser loves me. I also know my abuser will kill me, but I still can't leave. So now what? I live. I always wanted to write a book, so I did. I'm learning to play the guitar. I would like to write songs too, so I will. There isn't any reason to put it off, is there? I what? hope. <laughs> I know. I hope the hitting will stop. I hope I don't get killed in front of my children, Q and Ainsley. If I am killed, I hope I don't get revived by some well-meaning EMT or ER doctor. I would hate to have to die like that twice. I wear a DNR bracelet, do not resuscitate, Mm -hmm. and have paperwork filed at the hospital, but this remains a huge concern of mine. There was a day recently when my abuser was really out of control. The blows were coming and coming and coming. I was seeing stars and unfortunately lost my footing. Now I was on the floor prone and in real trouble. I reached in my pocket for my phone and was able to dial 911 before the phone was thrown out of my hands. When the officer arrived, I was so relieved. I had survived it. It was, thank God in heaven, over. Just like that, calm replaced the savage beast. The police officer looked around the room and became hostile to me. Quote, why did you call the police? I looked at her with my eye, the one that wasn't swollen shut, and apologized for calling her. My mistake, clearly. So why do I stay? Because my abuser is my autistic daughter. She is now much larger than me and has no understanding of the damage she does. There doesn't seem to be a way to stop her, nor is there anyone who can help us. We've tried. (sighs) I hate her so much. I really hate her. It's like... I live with this snake and every day I take the snake and I poke it and I push it and I make it do a bunch of non-snake things and it keeps biting me mm-hmm. and I don't understand why the snake just fucking stop. Yeah. Also, you're a mom. Also, don't talk to your child that way. Also, that's morbid and fucking weird. And if your kid gets a hold of it, that's devastating. Yeah. Yep. Or your other medic. kids. Like, what? Why? Oh, my God. I know. Attention-seeking. I know it's hard. I'm not. I'm definitely not downplaying the struggles of having a child, period, let alone a child with autism, but that shit's weird. That's yeah. dark. That's yeah. dark-sided. 
not everyone in Kelly's life was a status wo fan, including Courtney. <laughs> I'm not either. Number but. one least favorite <laughs> blog of all time. Many of Matt's family members saw it as overly dramatic and attention-seeking. Oh. <laughs> Their critical opinions were fueled when Kelly also began doing local TV interviews to bring awareness to raising a child with severe aggressions. She would say outright that her daughter was going to kill her. But even before Kelly started her blog, she was never a welcomed member of the incredibly tight Stapleton family. She was criticized from the cleanliness of her home to the way she raised her children. It was not unusual for Matt and the kids to spend Christmas Day at his mother's house while Kelly stayed home or visited a friend. What? Yeah. In early December 2012, Izzy, now 13, close in height and more than 20 pounds heavier than Kelly, attacked her mother in the kitchen. Kelly was found unconscious on the floor by her youngest daughter, Ainsley, and had to once again be taken to the hospital where she woke up feeling nauseous. Following this incident, she began showing symptoms of a concussion, forgetting words, repeating herself, and experiencing migraines. On December 17th, Kelly took to her blog with a seemingly optimistic update. Two months prior, the Stapletons had visited a Kalamazoo facility just three hours away from home that specialized in treating autistic children with, quote, problem behavior. Quote, I cannot even express the relief I felt in speaking with someone who understood what was happening to me, our family, and specifically our daughter, Kelly wrote. But again, the family ran into yet another roadblock. The Great Lakes Center for Autism Treatment and Research was not covered by their insurance nor their local mental health agency. At a cost of around $17,000 a month for a recommended treatment period of anywhere between 3 to 15 months, the family simply couldn't afford it. And Megan wrote, who could? <laughs> I was just going to say, who could? Right. Like Five oh. people, five parents of autism can afford this center, so let's just yeah. open it right up. $17,000 a month. That's a lot of that's a lot of money. Yes. If you guys weren't aware, Kelly goes on to explain that not only was this miracle facility not financially feasible, the waiver they received to fund the home staff that assisted Izzy quote almost every waking hour was threatened to be taken away if she received the residential treatment. Why? Because system's totally fucked up. <laughs> so God weird. forbid you you give somebody too much help, Courtney. That would just be terrible. I know. However, the center had just implemented a new 30-day assessment program, so new that Izzy was the first child admitted into it. Better yet, it was in fact covered by the waiver. And although Kelly was told that without a source of funding, Izzy would be dismissed at the end of 30 days, regardless of the findings during her assessment, she decided it was better than nothing. Mm -hmm. In mid-January of 2013, Izzy began her 30-day assessment, in the first three weeks, her behaviors came through. She injured three staff members, broke two employees' iPhones, and destroyed all of her personal property. Still, the staff insisted that they were not only able to identify the cause of Izzy's aggression, but that with more time, they would be able to help her. Mm -hmm. Kelly wrote in her blog, What they learned was that Izzy can't tolerate being told no or not being able to get what she wants. If someone's gained some reward every time for a particular behavior, the behavior will persist. If suddenly the reward stops coming, it's likely that the person or animal will not immediately give up the behavior. Instead, they'll try it again and again, harder, faster, more empathetically. Mm -hmm. It's a burst of activity. If the reward still doesn't come, eventually the behavior will extinguish or become extinct. Mm -hmm. So the burst of behavior before extinction of the behavior is called an extinction burst. We can expect these behaviors to get worse before they go away completely. The center made a recommendation of eight months. Now remember, we're talking $765 a day for this place. Right. And only those original 30 days were covered. Right. So when the time was almost up, the Michigan Education Special Services Association stepped in to offer funding for an additional two weeks. Uh -huh. With the help of a nurse case manager, the Stapletons were granted several more extensions through the association. But the most touching assistance came in the form of community fundraisers and donations. So shout out to the kind people that brought Team Izzy shirts, handmade tutus, woven bracelets, or just straight up sent the family checks. Right on. 
they were able to collect enough money to keep Izzy in treatment for seven months. Nice. Yay. Yay. Yeah. I love when we do good things. I know. As a human species. Izzy's treatment was centered around a token economy system in which she would earn tokens for things like having good hands and feet, which is basically not hitting or kicking the staff. Mm-hmm. That could then be redeemed after 30 minutes of uninterrupted desirable behavior for things she enjoyed at the, quote, Izzy store. Mm-hmm. Kelly was at first upset when she learned about the center's behavior plan. After all, she herself had tried to implement a similar reward system when Izzy was younger and it had failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. But eventually she realized that this was a far more structured therapy than the loose tactics she had tried. Yeah, consistency is mm-hmm. motherfucking key. Yep. And most importantly, it was backed by a full team of professional behaviorists. Yes. There you go. A few months into treatment, Kelly was thrilled to share with her readers Izzy's progress, posting a chart that had been provided by the center. During week one, Izzy's reported to have had around 650 instances of aggression. By week 11, she had less than 25. Yes. By all accounts, it seemed that Izzy was finally moving towards becoming the daughter Kelly always wanted her to be. And she did, and that's where the story ends, and Izzy is very (laughs) well-adjusted and is an engineer. Yep. Kelly had been visiting her daughter once a week at the residential facility, but it wasn't until June that she had her first, quote, hands-on visit, one that she had been working with Izzy's behaviorists to prepare for. Shortly after she arrived and settled in next to Izzy to work on some coloring, accompanied by Izzy's behaviorist and another male staff member, things went horribly wrong. Shocking. You mean when your, like, torture abuser shows up? Yeah. You kind of lose focus for a moment? So there is video of this incident on Kelly's June 11th blog post, and I would suggest that y'all go check it out because mm-hmm. it gives you a good indication of... The what dynamic. the like how violent Izzy could be. Yeah. In the video you see Izzy beating the shit out of three grown ass adults. <laughs> nice one, Megan. <laughs> it starts with her pulling Kelly's hair and escalates into hitting. And not just pulling her hair, but like pulling Ganking. her hair. Yeah. yeah. Kelly tries to take herself out of the attack and retreats into a corner as the two staff members try to calm Izzy down. Moments later, Izzy grabs a hold of the behaviorist's hair and almost pulls her to the ground. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like watching it, you wonder how she doesn't just pull the hair out. She's pulling so hard. Right. She also retreats into the corner with Kelly, the behaviorist does. Yep. We then see Izzy knock over a desk and charge at the two women. The video ends with Izzy and the male staff member sitting on the ground. And though he seems to be the least targeted in the video, Kelly posted pictures of his scratched head and arms. Both employees were reportedly bleeding after the incident. Mm-hmm. Still, Kelly clung to the belief that the Great Lakes behavior plan was the answer to eliminating Izzy's aggressions. Her hopes were furthered by daily charts illustrating her daughter's progress. But as more hands-on training sessions were done, Izzy's violent behavior spiked, a result that was completely expected when beginning to transition back to family life. Oh, for sure. The Stapleton's insurance company, however, took this to mean that the treatment was no longer working and decided to pull funding at the end of August. No! Kelly's first instinct was to fight, but she reconsidered when she realized bringing Izzy home meant that she could have her enrolled in the upcoming school year. And from that point on, Kelly turned all her focus onto doing just that. Izzy would attend the same school where Matt was principal. She'd have a personal aide with her at all times who would learn and reinforce the behavior plan. She'd get to participate in gym and art with the rest of the students and then work on academics in a quiet room with the aide. Sounds like the best case scenario, right? Wrong. So this is her mom that just decided that this was the new thing she was going to do? No, so she, she realized that she could enroll Izzy in school, and they could it's like a IEP or whatever. They could come up sure. with a plan for Izzy, and you know these are the things that they could do for her at school. Right, right. Kelly had a major falling out with the district's special education teacher while attempting to teach her the behavior plan. The teacher then went to the superintendent and asked that Matt recuse himself from the decision-making process because of the glaring conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. 
One day before Izzy was to return home, the Stapletons were called into a meeting with the superintendent and a representative from the intermediate school district. They were told that Izzy's attendance was a safety concern for the other parents. Even with Matt's highly regarded position at the school, Izzy was not welcome to be a student there. Mm-hmm. Kelly was beyond devastated. Yep. And I tried to find out what the laws are. I was, I'm really surprised to hear that schools can flat out deny children. I have Do you too. know anything like Mm-mm. dealing with the Confidence House? No, Did you because ever? they, but our kid that we took care of was great in school. He was right. amazing in school. He almost never acted out because it was a safe, consistent environment. Right. You know, when he was around people who were safe and consistent, he was so much less likely to act out. So I don't know. I mean, he might have been just young enough at that point. You know, we were in hippie Northern California, so um, probably more empathy and more resources. But I don't know, maybe because she had a violent history that they could deny her. I have yeah, no idea. I don't know. But I, I, I try to look it up. Like, how do public schools just flat out refuse i could see them saying like we need to get her more support or yes like, exactly yeah you know but as far as i understand it it's i thought it was their obligation right to maybe accommodate she ass- maybe she assaulted somebody another student or something and so the parents were like no yeah i didn't you read know, anything to indicate my kid I don't right know. i never read anything to suggest that she ever i mean it was mostly anything. towards her her mom and then some other adults right. but like yeah i don't know maybe or had been violent at a party or you know who knows i don't know right clearly she was well known they raised enough money to send right yeah treatment for that long so yeah. and, and it's just so i mean we all know this but people are like yeah let's raise money for inner city children and then they're like we're gonna bus them to your school district and they're like oh hell no <laughs> you don't really want to help them right you i mean it's like, like no you have to have this like baby helping yeah, yeah you have to have this baby you don't want okay well then right. give me some money Support. to feed them and they're like mm, uh, hell no, that's, that's on you you should have been more careful yeah yeah anyway that's a whole then, other conversation <laughs> oh i'm so i'm just <laughs> I think more than any story you've ever told, and Sadie and I grew up, our aunt was the vice president of a company that employed people with disabilities and taught them life skills. It's just been a part of our life, our entire life, Mm -hmm. and it is a big old fucking hot button for me. Mm -hmm. So You know, the whole time I read this, I was like, oh, four days away. It's my thing. I'm a very protective person, and do not fuck with people. Oof, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Kelly was beyond devastated by this ruling. Despite the setback, the celebration commenced the next day when the Stapletons went to pick up Izzy after seven months at the center. Kelly had ordered a cake and her brother and sister decorated with Team Izzy signs. They were ready for her to come home and Izzy was ready to be home. For days beforehand, she had been saying things like, quote, Izzy comes home on August 30. Izzy will go to Frankfurt, Alberta schools. Izzy will sleep in Izzy's bed. No more Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Quote, it was just so good to have her in the car again, Kelly said. The joy of reunion, however, was quickly interrupted. And unfortunately, so were Kelly's hopes of a violent, free future with her daughter. As the family exited the car, Izzy hit Kelly. The hit itself was minor compared to previous blows Kelly had absorbed, but she couldn't let it go. Two days later, Kelly drove herself and her two daughters to Matt's high school to use the indoor track as it was raining heavily that day. Out of nowhere, Izzy started pulling her mother's hair, escalating to punches to the head until Kelly was on the ground. Mm -hmm. The only thing her youngest daughter could do was watch in horror until a few bystanders were able to pull Izzy away. Kelly was crushed, her fantasy of a, quote, normal family life now completely shattered. Kelly had spent most of Izzy's 14 years of life trying to direct her behavior to fit into what Kelly believed was the picture-perfect family life. Her efforts had failed over and over and over again. She felt she had been let down by her insurance company, healthcare service providers, and the school district. She had no support whatsoever from her husband's side of the family but it was the incident at their track that is believed to be the catalyst that set forth the unfathomable events that followed in the next two days. 
On the evening of Monday, September 2nd, Kelly set about finishing chores around the house. Before her son McEwen went to bed, she told him how proud of him she was and that, quote, he should always listen to his father. She gave Ainsley a rubber bracelet that read, Remember to Love. Nightly prayers were said, and a short time later, Kelly posted a message on her Facebook that read, quote, My babies are all in bed. New adventures tomorrow. This was not her only online activity, however. Before Kelly went to sleep, she updated her blog with pictures of Izzy's homecoming. Sometime later, she wrote a very lengthy post titled, When a Power Player Takes You Down, in which she details what happened when she and Matt tried to enroll Izzy in school. She blames herself for ruining everything because she didn't, quote, stroke egos. The post must have been written in the very early hours of Tuesday morning, as it was dated September 3rd, 2013, exactly one year after she had started the Status Quo blog, the last time she herself would be posting to it. Mm-hmm. Kelly began Tuesday morning by dropping McEwen and Ainsley off at school. She then texted Izzy's home aides and told them they had the morning off. Kelly got Izzy dressed and explained to her daughter that they were going camping. She packed up the family's 70s van, including a pillowcase from each of her kids' beds, one of Matt's shirts, two hibachi grills that she had purchased just a few days earlier, and all the makings for s'mores. She then sent a text to her friend, Lisa Stevie, to let her know that she and Izzy were going for a walk in a wooded area where the two women had previously gone running. I don't like where this is going. Uh, Trigger warning for child harm. When they arrived, Kelly got to work setting up the girls and making s'mores. When Izzy asked for seconds, Kelly responded with an enthusiastic, quote, you betcha. Kelly gave her daughter four Respiradol, twice that of her usual bedtime dose. Respiradol is classified as an atypical antipsychotic that could be used to treat irritability associated with autism. When Izzy was full and sleepy, Kelly arranged the mattress in the back of the van with blankets and the pillowcases. She brought the still smoldering grills inside the van and closed the doors, mm-hmm. filling the vehicle with carbon monoxide. Fuck. No. Izzy liked to list things, and according to Kelly's version of events, quote, they talked about what they might pack on a trip to Florida. Towels, bathing suits, sunglasses... They talked about all their pets. Then they lay down nose to nose and Kelly said, quote, I love you, Izzy. And Izzy said, I love you, mommy, which Kelly explained, quote, is a trained response, but I think she means it. They fell asleep. The two had been missing for several hours when Lisa Stevie contacted her ex-husband, who happened to be a police officer, about the text she received from Kelly earlier that morning. Police found the van around 7 p.m., However, the scene they arrived to was not as Kelly would later describe. Quote, Izzy was not in the back of the van on a bed, nose to nose with her mother, but strapped in the front seat. Her skin was roasting hot, her throat raw as a hamburger. Mm. Her mouth was foaming, and she was unconscious and unresponsive. Mm. Kelly was asleep on the mattress in her underwear. Her skin was cooler to the touch, and her carbon monoxide poisoning level was much lower than Izzy's suggesting that she had been in and out of the van a few times. Uh, Kelly says she got out once to grab a bag of charcoal, and she doesn't know why her levels were lower, but thinks it might be because she sleeps with her face buried in pillows. Mm-hmm. Kelly was lucid enough in the ambulance to refuse treatment, telling first responders, quote, she was supposed to be in heaven. The story she repeated to nurses and child protective services. Izzy was not so lucky. The 14-year-old girl was in a coma for four days. Matt was told that her brain scan did not look promising and that the only option was to remove her ventilator. The hope was that this would, quote, jumpstart her brain. The risk was that it could, quote, leave her a vegetable or unable to breathe at all. Mm -hmm. After 60 agonizing minutes, Matt made the decision to remove the ventilator. Slowly, Izzy started to breathe on her own. Get it, Izzy. Shortly after regaining consciousness, Izzy, out of the blue, said, Grandpa Stapleton? Matt's father, whom Izzy had barely spent any time with, had passed recently. Matt's mother asked Izzy if she had seen him, to which she informed the room that the two had been coloring together. Mm. Whoa. I know. 
This confirmed for Matt's family that she was a Stapleton, quote, proof that she belonged to them. Okay, that's very sweet and everything, but guess what, you assholes? Yeah, you fucking She belongs to people. you God. from the fucking get-go. I know. <gasps> this is what we do. This is what we do to each other. It's so fucked. It's I, I Like this child, uh, this precious child had to almost die and see her dead grandpa oh my God. before her asshole family, half of her family would accept her. I just can't even. The pathology of this family is so typical and Mm -hmm. horrifying. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like any family of, I would say, half of American families are teetering on the edge of this. Yes. Yes. Like, just one thing goes wrong. You have an autistic kid, Mm -hmm. fucking hibachi grills a flaming get a grip america get a Mm -hmm. fucking grip love your children let them be who they are or go fuck yourselves (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah the worst yeah and we i mean we could talk about it more at the end but clearly we need to have more support for families i mean the we've talked about that a thousand times so i think that's where when i have sympathy for kelly it's that we parenting is so hard and parenting uh child with like super aggression and yes. lots of needs i can't yes. imagine no uh but it shouldn't be all on kelly and we need to fix this fucking system that's so broken that you know. also yeah don't try to quote unquote fix your child getting yeah. support for your child <laughs> to be too. your child's own self is yes. one thing yes. you know right. to let your child express themselves however they do and sometimes that's antisocial and sometimes mm-hmm. it's aggressive or, yeah. you know, difficult. That's yes. one thing. But to set your sights on changing the Miracles. entire makeup yeah. of your child because your fucking mother-in-law is a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's on you, honey. Yes. That is your own shit. I have, I cannot... That is unforgivable. Yes. Like, grow up, you know? Yes. Yes. So. 100 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, get off your fucking blog and find a new family. Yes. Seriously. So Kelly was arrested and charged with attempted murder and held in Benzie County Jail only eight miles from the Stapleton family home. Her trial date was set. Get ready for September 3rd. Megan said, nothing I read made a big deal out of this. Why? <laughs> what is September 3rd? Well, it's the day that the blog started. It was the day the blog ended. Oh. Now it's the day of her trial. Shit. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. So in the months leading up to her trial, Kelly's defense attorney was preparing an insanity defense. That all went out the window when Kelly agreed to appear on the Dr. Phil show. <sighs> She had actually written to the show in 2012 in hopes of telling her story, but it was only after her horrendous crime that they showed any interest in talking to her, of course. Of course. When Kelly's lawyer found out she had gone through with the interview after she had been advised against it, her counsel asked her to be removed from the case. That wouldn't be necessary. However, right before the trial was to begin, Kelly pleaded guilty to felony child abuse. Good. Kelly actually had supporters asking for leniency leading up to her sentencing. Friends continued to insist that she was a loving and, quote, wonderful mother who never yelled or lost her patience and baked cookies for the children after school. Throughout the proceedings, it was revealed that she had been assaulted as a child by her brother. The concussions and repeated blows to the head from Izzy left her more vulnerable. Quote, forensic psychiatrist Carol Lieberman, who examined Stapleton in July, testified that Stapleton was suffering from post-traumatic stress and bipolar disorders and was legally insane when attempting the murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. These findings did not stop the judge from sentencing Kelly to 10 to 22 years, saying just before handing down the sentence, quote, civilization depends on parents not killing their children. <laughs> Kelly responded to her court-ordered fate by stating, quote, I am not worthy to speak her name. She is not the monster. I am. She is serving her time at the Huron Valley Prison for Women. She will be eligible for parole in 2023. Good. 
the most good riddance of any good riddance I've ever yeah, done. Right. Good riddance. So Matt divorced Kelly shortly after the incident. On the stand, he stated that he would never be okay with what happened to his daughter. Under no circumstances was it okay to murder a child. Oh. Sorry. Right. No. <laughs> True, dude. <laughs> True. Oh, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Worried that he sounded too harsh on his ex-wife, he followed up with a statement saying he and his kids still loved Kelly and that she was, in fact, the target of Izzy's aggressive behavior and that there was no way she would have committed this monstrous act if she were in her right mind. The question he struggled most with was when Kelly purchased the hibachi grills. She insisted it was the Sunday after the incident at the track, but a receipt shows the date being the day before they picked Izzy up from Great Lakes. <gasps> mm-hmm. Quote, If that's true, then Izzy never had a chance, he said. It will come as no surprise that Matt's family was very outspoken about their thoughts on Kelly after she committed the crime. Eileen Stapleton, Matt's mother, said, quote, The truth is, Kelly didn't want Izzy anymore. She made it look like it was unselfish and loving, but it was not unselfish and loving. If she wanted to kill herself, she could have been dead. She loves herself too much. The family also made sure to openly advocate for Izzy. Matt's sister, Sarah Ross, says, quote, Izzy was a girl with desires and plans and even teenage crushes. She liked marching bands and Taylor Swift and Hannah Montana. She liked to hold cats and have her nails done and talk about jeans. Before she went to the Great Lakes Center, Izzy wrote a list of 12 things she wanted to do when she came back, including Wolf's Boat and Manistee County Fair. This is missing in every media story, every article. It's all about Kelly's safety, but someone needs to say that Izzy's life was worth something. So what do you think? (laughs) Not you necessarily, Courtney. (laughs) To our dear readers. (laughs) Was Kelly also a victim, a mom that endured years of physical violence, unsupportive in-laws, multiple systems that refused to help her, a husband who no doubt was working more than he was home, and she snapped? As difficult as Kelly's life was as a mother to Izzy, one thing we know for sure is Izzy's life is valuable and deserves to be lived fully. A year after her attempted murder, Izzy had regained her short-term memory and was able to walk more steadily. As of August 2020, she was reportedly still in the custody of her father and continued to show improvement behavior-wise. Good. And that is the attempted murder-suicide of Izzy and Kelly Stapleton. Whoa! Man, Megan, coming out with a fucking bang. That was excellent. Wasn't it excellent? Yes. Yes. Very good. Yep. Very, very good. Yeah. This was a story I'd had on my list. Uh, one of the cases I wanted to cover pretty much from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I would pull open the articles and I would start writing. And I just could not get it together. Mm-hmm. I would, And then I would just stop and move on to something else. And so I suggested, I asked Megan, I said, would you want to look at this? And boy, did she. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so glad your, yes. your guts knew that that was not yes. your story. That one belonged yep. to Megan. She told it beautifully. So thank so you, Megan. So beautifully, yes. Yep. She's going to help us not hit total burnout and be able to yeah. keep producing lots of stories. So we really appreciate it. Fuck yeah. That was so good. Yep. And I do think that the mother was a victim, but I think she was a victim of this thing that we're all a victim of and that we're all becoming very aware of. And you can call it like white supremacy or supremacy or, you know, I think ultimately it's this like weird fucking pathology that we all have that makes us want to control each other and makes us give a shit about what other people think Mm -hmm. to the point that you would hibachi ban your daughter to death. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she was... I I don't think it takes a lot for us to break each other, you know, Mm -hmm. when you really think about it. And I think if you have that much pressure from that many people in your life, um, and from, you know, I say like grow up. Yeah. But it is a horrible position to be in. I just generally, I think people need to grow the fuck up and I think you need to, I mean, I did it, you know, like, move away (laughs) I know it's not just just that simple for a lot of people who are being abused you know by their families or who grow up in these situations that don't speak to their own truths but 
please, you guys, please allow yourself to be yourself. Please allow other people to be themselves and lift them up. Like doing that to another human being, I think is the worst thing you can do. You're just trying to break their spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's the the original sin, you know, like just kill me to death rather than like slowly torture me into being something that I'm not. That is the cruelest thing you can do. And it's like the antithesis of life, right? Mm -hmm. The whole reason we're here is to be our individual selves and to do that, something like that to somebody and to have that be done to you. It's just like the, ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. I think, like I said, said a little earlier, my empathy, my sympathy for Kelly is that understanding of how challenging my own motherhood journey has been and how like in all my children are nearly perfect i mean they're not really but they're lovely human beings and i struggle every day every single day i struggle and not to the point where i would want to hurt them but right it's hard yeah it's so hard and i can't you know like if i put myself in her shoes whether it was her own doing or not Mm -hmm. like the year after year after year after year and right. the mental, like the place she ended up mentally yeah. and doesn't seem like she ever got help for herself necessarily. I don't know no. that for sure, but I can only imagine, you know, like yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. there are days through COVID that I'm like, I'm like, if I, if I wasn't, I mean, I don't know. It's like the get a pack of smokes and never come home. And like those thoughts yeah. go through your head. Oh yeah. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's heart <laughs> yeah and i adore my children so anyway and you have a relatively yeah. supportive family i mean you think about like megan markle for example yes, you know right? where yes like everybody is after you and you yeah. like consider killing yourself because it's too much pressure yeah. you know it's just too much for one person so yes on that level i am sympathetic of her but yeah. i would just hope that you would be like fuck you fuck you go to hell mother-in-law you know like i don't care if i don't get to go to christmas dinner i'm gonna let my daughter be herself and there's nothing you can do about it and instead she just like crumbled so desperate for that approval that she ruined her child and everyone and everything around her right well and had she wanted to really die kelly yes she wouldn't have told her friend where she was going yep she would not have gotten out of the van nope she was just waiting. She was, I mean, it really does seem like she was hoping that Izzy would die. Yeah. That she would be saved. Yeah. And that she would do some time in prison, but then. She'd be ultimately a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. And to write it up with a, oh, nose to nose. I love mm-hmm. you. Fuck that. A hundred percent did not happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so awful. When it's you use so it awful. to fuel your own narcissism. Mm-hmm double whammy double awful and that's why i lack the sympathy for her with the family stuff because she's no angel right you know she's feeding into that too she's playing right along with it and like feeding into the fuckery so (laughs) you know what i mean making term (laughs) yes making other moms feel less than because you know just stop it you guys stop it yep for sure. And she did have support. You know, like I, I think of like there's still like a systemic lack of support, but right. the community rallied and managed to get, right. you know, 17,000 times seven together for right. her. And she had home aids and she had, you know, like so there was the system available to her. She utilized. And yeah. So anyway, it's Locked a toughie, down. man. Yeah. It's a goodie. I loved it. Good. I loved it. And I knew you it. would. I'm so glad Izzy's still alive. That Me too. One small redemption. I know, right? I hope she's doing well without her terrible mom. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen no, it firsthand. Yes. You know, I mean, it really is true. If you show these children consistency and love and build their trust. <sighs> so yep. be we, kind. I know. Take care of each other. And, um, you know what I miss? names well i miss that but i i miss our party that we had over the weekend last oh weekend God. can i just guys. Talk, can we talk about it for a second yes so we had our patron patron our patron, patron party <laughs> and uh my 
my anxiety really likes to tell me that everything's going to be awful all the time and not right. not you guys ever but me right. mostly <laughs> right and well, that it's not going to be fun and I'm not going to do a good job and it's going to be boring and nobody's going to enjoy themselves right right and I talked myself out of it thankfully I'm in therapy and that helps me a lot yeah and I had the best time I had so much fun. I could have stayed all night. We used up Same. our full two hours or whatever the program yes. we used let us. You guys are beautiful. You're funny. You're kind. Yeah. You're yeah. interesting and smart. You're all of the things we know that you are, but to be able to actually interact with you and like yeah. have those conversations and to, I really, I mean, it really felt to me like we all really wanted to continue to stay together and that just. Yeah. Like I haven't, I'm going to probably cry. I haven't felt that sense of community since COVID. Yeah. And probably even before that, like, yeah, just, um, yeah. I mean, like becoming a mom has been really isolating for me, moving to Indiana from Portland. So it's been a really long time and I cherish it. It's beautifully said. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, as an adult, as adults, it's hard to have those moments where you like walk into a party and you're like, Oh, this is going to be fucking fun. Yeah. And you look around and everyone's vibing each other. It was totally that. Yes. Everybody really was, was connecting and laughing and like immediately joking and like supporting each other and saying hilarious things and like giving each other shit. Even though they, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it was really beautiful to behold. And I feel very, very honored to have been a part of it. And you know, we we're talking about on the at the party, um, kind of the size of this podcast and, you know, the, what the future holds and stuff. And I said, you know, I, Sadie and I haven't sort of energetically released the podcast yet as far as like growing in size or something. Um, and part of the reason I think is because I, this is just it's so nice right now mm-hmm. for it to be just us, mm-hmm. you know, and I really want to savor it and I really enjoy it. And it's it's not at all. I didn't really dawn on me in starting a podcast that I would connect with people from all over the fucking world on this level. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like turned out to be my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely turned out to be my favorite part. So thank you guys so much for coming and making it like a fucking blast. Just yeah. a really special moment. And we'll definitely do it again soon. Everybody seems to want it. And I know a lot of you couldn't make it mm-hmm. and, We'll pick. We'll um, play around with the times to make it yeah. more accessible to to international listeners. Although Jay, shout out to Jay, up at two o'clock in the fucking morning, partying <laughs> no. with us. Won the main like the, the big prize. <laughs> oh yeah, won the major prize. Grand, yeah, the grand yes. finale prize. What is it called? Don't know. Yeah, grand yep. finale prize. So if you want to be a part of the next party, join our patreon if you haven't already it's we try to really make it worth your while yeah um and then you can watch us hopefully i mean one day i would love to have in-person hangouts not just zoom that's my dream the dream so we'll work our way up to that become a patron (laughs) (laughs) i promise i won't cry about it anymore today cry worthy it really was no it's kind of miraculous this whole thing has been miraculous it's been a fucked up year but also one of the best years ever yeah thanks because you guys yep um also on the chat or on the party somebody threw out a name and i didn't write it down so whoever you were please down email it to me yes but um dragon wagon came out of the party (laughs) what the dragon wagon are you kidding <gasps> which may re- reminds me i knew a jacob mondragon in college Ooh, which that's pretty badass a super badass name um also we do have i said gaylord divine oh god i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so either how the how? fuck did i forget gaylord divine the wow. number one best name of all time that's right gaylord divine was his name yep and he's... there's one more let me scroll up somebody grew up with or knew a woman named Amanda Ram, <laughs> who married someone with the last name Buttkiss. So she went from Amanda Ram to Amanda Buttkiss. <laughs> Fucking first prize oh, trophy goes to Amanda Buttkiss. <laughs> Amanda Ram hyphenate Buttkiss. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> 
Anything else? We've got some shout outs. Oh, let's do the shout outs. Okay. No, I'm, I know I'm ready for Beto, man. I need some burrito in my life. Uh, that's right. All right. Thank you so much to Kristen McKay. Kristen McKay? Mm-hmm. Cute. Kristen McCute with a K. <laughs> with two U's. K U U T with an umlaut probably on top of the two U's. <laughs> or maybe just one U with that, how that worked. K U with an umlaut T. Sure. Kristen McCute. Cute. Cute. I love it. Thank you so much to Katie C. Katie Courtney. I know your last name is yeah. Courtney. Don't Duh. be shy about it. Thank you so much to Darcy W. Darcy wants you to give her the respect she deserves because she's fucking a badass. I love the name Darcy. I do too. Thank you so much to Christy C. Christy, also Courtney. You guys are family members. Thank you for signing up together. You're probably from New Zealand where Courtney is a common last name. Or Australia. Mm -hmm. I also like how we have a Kristen, Katie, and a Christy this week. Should all get to know each other. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much to Brandy. Oh, another McKay. Whoa, what's so, happening? What? Two Brandy, Mc, two McCutes in this yes. crew? Fuck, yeah. So, oh, we, no. so many family members. So many. It's a family affair. The Courtney's and the McCutes. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much, you guys, for your support. So much. So for much. Being so, much. so great for making my life legitimately better every day. <sighs> And if you want to look at more stuff about us, go to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at They Will Kill. Go to our website, theywillkill.com. Fucking email us, theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Great review. Subscribe. We've got some yes. great ones recently. Yes, yes. Keep them coming. Rolling please. in. I love it. I don't want to jinx us, but we haven't had any bad written reviews in a while. And I'm just sort Ooh. of like, some days I'm sort of like, come on, let's see what you got. Nope. So I'm not really welcoming yeah. that necessarily but i, I know i kind of am though i do get a bit of a thrill from it i do too <laughs> i'm not you gonna know? lie yeah yeah uh what else thank you aj Bergans for your music thank you so much and remember don't just do not be a fucking horrible person <laughs> oh please don't don't there's do enough it. of them out there already oh man leave the in-laws behind if they're terrible yeah, you don't need them. Nope. You know you what you your, need? You got your own money. You're holding your own money, baby. You're worth That's it. Right. Get out of there. That's right. You just need a little bit of they will kill. We'll make everything okay. <laughs> We're really to, horrible. Come gonna... to mommies. <laughs> come here. We to, love you. We love you pretty babies. We love you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.